0: So I'm joined right now by a regular on the podcast. I would imagine you've been on this podcast more than anybody else. I haven't counted the number of appearances, Uh, but as of now, um, this could be the last one. I'm not sure as of yet, uh, for many reasons of which I've explained elsewhere, Uh, but welcome to the podcast Hayley, once more. How's it going? Yeah, I'm um,
1: good, yeah, thanks. How
0: about yourself? Um, yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, with, I mean, this this podcast I've been doing for three years, and it's, it's quite emotional because we met doing the roundtables during the pandemic, where yeah. I would say, oh, we're doing this roundtable, and you'd say, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And so... You appeared on quite a lot of them, and it was it was great fun.
1: It was, and um, um, I mean, it's 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 sad to think that this could be the last um, time I'll be a guest. But thank you so much for having me, in, and um, each experience has been great. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Jamie. Uh,
0: that's that's all right. Thank you. Um, so before before I get into into it, because I've got a couple of of questions that I want to run by you. But I need to catch up on your, I would say globe trotting, but I think it's just UK trotting stuff. I mean, what, what have you seen lately?
1: Um, well, we've been to um, a few Swifter Geddings, which is when we go to the Taylor Swift Club night, which we enjoy doing. Um, and we've also got a few um, concerts lined up, but we, we have recently seen um, Maroon 5, um, and that, that was a brilliant experience. Neither of us have ever um, seen Maroon 5 and they're uh, my partner Chris's favourite band and that was a brilliant experience in itself and we've got a few uh, more scheduled over the next month or two. Um, it's just a hobby that we both will really enjoy, m- me more so, but my partner Chris seems to enjoy it just as much as I do, which is great. It's an experience that we can share together.
0: And it's great that you both got to see Maroon 5 for the first time. I mean, what a a band, because they they changed their sound quite dramatically. I was watching a video recently of Justin Hawkins from The Darkness, looking at early Maroon 5 stuff, and how actually over time, it got a tiny bit more manufactured. I mean, how is it in a live sense? Because I know with some of these bands, you know, they sound manufactured on record, and then you go and see them live, and it's as raw as ever.
1: It really was the experience. I mean, and the effects and, and everything with certain songs and the visuals, they they really did put on a really good show. And I um, believe that they're doing a, a res- re- residency at the moment in um, in is it in Vegas? I believe, um, which I, I can see why they they want to do that and, and why there um, would be demand for that as well.
0: So I had a couple of questions I wanted to ask you. This isn't particularly a feature. Recently, when I had to appear on... I, I, I was chosen to appear on, on a quiz on Radio 2, 10 to the Top, and they were asking me for stories, you know, things that I... um, like claims to fame and stuff like that. And I just wondered whether there was any celebrity that you had the chance to meet but you turned down for whatever reason
1: um no i mean i i mean all all if i, if I have met anyone it's been at like um gigs or in passing it like in brief like a hello at like CD UK or top the pops and things like that but um no i can't recall um any that i would that i would have turned down and then if, if that was the case, I would always um, take the opportunity to meet them anyway, if anything is to say hello.
0: You see, you're wise because I realised the other day when I was trying to think up answers to this question, I realised that when I was 10 or 11, I played in a football tournament in Brighton and played in this tournament. And at the end of the day, I uh, there were two players from Brighton and Hove Albion that you had the chance to meet and get things signed right and I just thought okay um I looked up and it was like somebody Rogers and somebody Zamora or something right and so I said no I'm I'm not gonna bother don't know who these people are Brighton and Hove Albion at this point are in division two I think division one division two not premiership I'm a Liverpool fan whatnot you know this is in like 2001 I go home and I watch the news and Bobby Zamora is all over and I, all over the news. This wonder kid scoring goal after goal for Brighton and Hove Albion. And I think <laughs> I've oh, just no. turned down the chance to meet him.
1: Um, I had um, a situation where it could have been the case of, nah, I'm not bothered. I'm not, I don't mind their music, but I'm not a really a big fan or you know a a fan as such i don't mind them but i'm not that bothered there was a um chance at butlins where um i had the opportunity to meet and have a photo with the singer of scouting for girls and i thought yeah why not so i did and i still took that opportunity and i said hello and had a photo with him Bless him.
0: and then afterwards i'm sure i'm sure as you uh you walked away you know what i'm gonna say as you walked away he said she's so lovely (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love yeah. It. but yeah <laughs> like, I don't mind some of their songs but um like I said it's just not them' just not a band that I would go like crazy over if that makes sense so you don't
0: really get a lot of live music on on TV anymore I mean there was loads of it there was like Saturday morning television you had top of the pops you had the odds like in the 2000s things like today with Des and Mel. Um, which was sort of the precursor to a lot of things. Um, I, I don't know whether loose women were doing live performances. I mean this is it, the th- uh,
1: yeah, and then uh, bless him the Paul O'Grady show. he used to have a <sighs> performance blessing.
0: Yeah. My goodness, I mean the Paul O'Grady show, that set off a whole trend, and it was amazing because obviously we'd seen Lily Savage, and at first I didn't make the connection. Because you don't as a kid, really.
1: No, you don't. You don't. I agree. But I think
0: that just shows how genius he was, because he was Mm. able to embody that character to the point where you totally believed it. Yeah, that
1: that persona blessing.
0: I mean, I've been watching episodes of Lily Savage's Blankety Blank that are on sometimes. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. Um, because you you look at the lineup, especially from the late '90s, early 2000s, and you're like, person from Corrie, person from EastEnders, short-lived pop star, you know, um, person from Casualty. It was, and then occasionally, you know, Barbara Windsor was very random. Oh,
1: them. It, it's just nice that we've still got memories of the past, obviously from the previous shows, and that, like you said, you, you can. Look back at back at that with fond memories of the of the past and whatnot, can't you? So, you
0: can. I mean, to go back to Paul O'Grady for a moment, there were so many copycats after that five pm program.
1: There was, yeah, that peak that time that that on um, that was obviously during the week, so yeah,
0: Monday to Friday. Well, it gave birth to the Alan Titchmarsh show, um, which, funnily enough, I nearly got the opportunity to go and see, but. There was a snow day, and so we didn't go. And I remember sitting at home during this snow day, watching the Alan Titchmarsh show, and it was the most boring episode of that show that I'd ever seen. And it was probably because it was a snow day. Yeah, you know, because they they would have the same problems that I did. Um But yeah, it was it was an entertaining show. But again, Paul O'Grady. You couldn't fault him. He could talk to anybody and he had a lot of features that were interesting. And, of course, Buster.
1: I actually had a friend uh, that was a guest um, on the Paula Grady show and they arranged for her to be surprised. Um, She was sat in this room and then all of a sudden McFly walked in and it was on camera. And, yeah, um, bless her. I always remember, you know, she was her face um, from the footage, how shocked she was when they walked in.
0: I mean that's amazing isn't yeah. it again it just it just did so many things and when you look at Paul O'Grady's career he had so many different eras and and just kept going and of course in the last 10 years for the love of dogs um, lovely it
1: really was
0: yeah definitely D- did you watch Eurovision this year he was in that
1: I I didn't actually. Oh, it was
0: yeah. yeah. He he'd filmed a clip before he passed, okay. and he was in it because they were in Liverpool. Um, yeah. I, are you much of a Eurovisioner, or or do you just kind of?
1: I don't mind it. I can see the appeal, um, and why people enjoy it so much, and they have their parties and whatnot. But I mean, I don't mind it. Um, I'm kind of like in between. I don't. I'm not crazy over it, but I don't dislike it. I'm I'm in, in between. I'd say. I don't mind it. Depends on the um, song. I'll always give our song a try and see what I think, or if it's see if it's catchy and if it's my thing. I prefer it if it's a pop band that I that I like because a few bands have represented us. Um, Scooch being one, Blue being one. So and I know um, Jedward rep- represented Ireland as well. So there's a few like pop artists in there.
0: Yes, and the turkey, the singing turkey. Um, that was for Ireland. (laughs) I I don't remember anything about that other than the line, sad songs and bad songs and Terry Wogan's wig. Um, That's literally all I remember about that. But that show in particular has changed over the last, well, 60 years, 70 years.
1: And I was going to say we have ABBA because of it, which is great. So um, I'm not the biggest ABBA fan in the world like that, but I do like them respect their music and they've released some brilliant songs. So
0: Oh, it's, it's still influencing people today. And of course, one of the biggest selling albums of the 90s was ABBA Gold.
1: It was, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still listening to that album now. And they keep reissuing it.
1: And that, you know, their music's always guaranteed to get you on the dance floor, Dancing Queen in particular. So, um, but like I said, um, I do respect them and enjoy their songs. Like I said, I'm not, what you'd say, a hardcore fan like some are, but I, I can see the appeal and why people love them so much.
0: Yeah. Did did you like the movie when that came out?
1: To say, I've never seen them, haven't seen either. Um, but um, Chris said that um, the first one is better than the second, apparently. So...
0: Isn't that the way? I mean, that's a whole that's a whole other topic. Which, well, to be honest, I think nine times out of ten we'd say always the first one, especially if we're talking about Disney sequels. Uh, but <laughs> Cinderella two, anybody? Um, yeah, Bambi two. Uh, yeah, so
1: Return of Jafar. Although I actually didn't mind it.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think that was one of the the better ones. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the. Mamma Mia, I liked on the first watch, second or third. It's like, uh, I, I, think, I, I think I've think i had my fill of this. I think I've had my fill of this. Um, because to me, you just can't beat those original recordings. Yes, it's nice that they told a story and it's adapted from the stage play. But, you know, leave some things be. They shouldn't make a third one. I, I shouldn't think there are any more ABBA songs ready, you know. <laughs> ready for that treatment.
1: I think they would have done it by now, so I think we're safe to say we're okay with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I asked somebody the other day on this podcast what films in the 90s they saw in the cinema. Do you have any?
1: Yeah, um, The Lion King when it first came out, um, Casper when it first came out, uh, and me Pocahontas too. as well when it, when it first came out. So, Wow. I think um, Toy Story as well. Yeah, Toy Story.
0: <sighs> you see, you've you've just you've just won. Um, <laughs> you've just won. What iconic films? I'm guessing you wouldn't have been the person to choose what film you were going to see.
1: Um, I remember expressing an interest in wanting to go to these, and I was taken. I can remember being taken to see Casper and The Lion King, also. Toy Story I think I must have gone with a friend or something and Pocahontas some of them I went with friends some I went with um family but I I guess I would have been given pocket money and was um told that I could either go with friends or was taken by family um, so I, I think it was me expressing that I wanted to go so and also I can remember Um, kind of like in celebration when um, the cinema opened, because it was around the same time as The Lion King was out in 1994, um, seeing Mrs Doubtfire at the cinema as well.
0: Again, you win. Um, (laughs) What was the first mature film that you saw in the cinema?
1: Um, I think it would have been uh, Mrs Doubtfire, actually. Um, Would you
0: say uh, that was mature?
1: mm -mm. Well, it certainly wasn't, like, cartoony, so I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, Jurassic Park, the first. Um, it was the second one that I saw at the cinema, not the first one, the second one. What about that? Would you cast that? Um, I
0: would say so, yeah. That, that's, yeah. It's, it's middling, isn't That was isn't the
1: second it? one, the one that was out in 95. Um, and, again, that was at the same cinema because it was not long after it opened, because it opened in 94 time, like I said, when... The
0: Lion King was out. So Wow, what a selection of films. I went to see Casper in the cinema when I was about five years old. Um, I feel like the same year I saw Jumanji, uh, the original with Robin Williams, and I'm still scarred by it to this day. Um.
1: <laughs> oh, I, think, I think I might have even seen that one as well, because what it was, I was actually talking to Chris about this, um, few weeks back. Um, on Saturday morning, they used to have this um, thing called Kids Club and it used to be like one ninety nine for a ticket and popcorn and drink. So I just used to go there like on a Saturday morning and that was out of my pocket money. So I, I used to see a lot of these films at the time and it went, as soon as they came on a Kids Club, you know, it was 1.99 and you could see them for that, you know, that cheap. So
0: Yes, I did wonder about this because I have a vague memory of seeing the Disney Robin Hood in the cinema, but I have no idea how I would have seen it, so I would imagine it was on something like that.
1: Can you remember the first film that you ever saw at the cinema?
0: I would imagine that was Casper, but like I say, I feel like Robin Hood, something like that, would have been early 90s. I have a vague recollection of the Flintstones in the cinema as well. Yeah,
1: that was another good film.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I haven't seen it for 20-plus years,
1: we mentioned um, Robin Williams earlier. Have you ever seen the film called Jack?
0: Yes, I have. I mean, you've you got tears at the end, haven't you? Because the thing about Robin is he did all these comedy roles, but he could also make you cry.
1: It was a lovely film, and sometimes I feel it was a bit underrated because you don't really see it on much, do you? Well,
0: it's, it's possibly up there with um, Dead Poets Society. If you've seen that and that ends in a way you just do not expect. And it just proper makes the tears flow.
1: I haven't seen it, but I know a lot of people rate it. So,
0: Oh, it was, it was incredible. And actually I, I think he should have been given more of an opportunity as an actual actor. Yeah. There's a lot of actors who did comedies over the years who you think if you'd done straight acting, you probably would have been great at it.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: I mean, Robin Williams made so many great films, didn't he? Um,
1: he did, bless him. Obviously,
0: he was in Aladdin, he did Mrs. Doubtfire, as we mentioned. I went to, I saw him on the screen, big screen, in Flubber. In the late 90s?
1: I think that I even went to the cinema to see that and you've just reminded me. I watched a film with Chris um, the other day that he's never seen or heard of before and um, it was released the same year as Aladdin was. Now I'm going to say it to you and see if you've ever heard of it or have you ever seen it? Fern Gully.
0: I have seen that. Not for 25 years. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, is is that... That's on ITVX at the moment, isn't it?
1: Um, I believe so, yeah.
0: Because it's suddenly come out of nowhere. It's owned by Disney now, which is odd.
1: Oh, wow, yeah.
0: But Robin Williams is in that, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he plays the bat. <laughs> Batty.
0: Where can we go from here? You've told me before that you were you were a Sega fan,
1: right? That's right, yeah. Um, I was going to say, you, you mentioned about taking part on... Um, a radio show on um, on Radio 2 lately Um, and winning a prize on there. I actually, talking about um, games consoles, back in the mid-90s, I um, entered a TV competition on Nickelodeon where you had to phone in and I had to do an impression of a monkey and I won a SNES console that included Donkey Kong.
0: I mean, you get more and more impressive by by the uh, <laughs> by the week um how old were you and how how did it work
1: i was about 11 um and you had to phone in and get through and there was a couple of other contestants and they you talked you talk to the presenters and then um they'd be like can you um have a go now of doing a, a monkey impression and then literally just do the impression down the phone, and they said that I've won it, and I've still got the video footage because um we've managed to record it off the TV at the time, we've got it on VHS somewhere. So,
0: I mean that's incredible, isn't it? That's a, that's amazing. That <laughs> it, it was
1: great. So yeah, although I am a, a Sega fan, it's great to say that I I won a SNES like off a TV competition on the in the mid nineties. So yeah.
0: Did you play it often, or did it just kind of go in the cupboard?
1: Um, yeah, I played it quite a bit. I had a few games for it um, at the time, and I, I was—I just remember being so proud as well that i won it at the time.
0: <laughs> I take it that's gone now.
1: Yeah, I haven't got it anymore, sadly, but it, it would have been great if I had kept it. So,
0: I mean, potentially, there's someone out there in the world that owns this machine for whatever reason, and they don't realise it was won on Nickelodeon exactly i know that's an amazing thing um you've not told me that that's really cool
1: yeah you just talking about it and then the fact that you've um done that radio competition this week on the phone in and then obviously talking about games consoles it, it reminded me to tell you i'm not see mentioning it so
0: <laughs> one last question for you um yeah. where where are you going next <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, well, next weekend, we've got um, a few tribute um, um, concerts we're going to. And then at the end of the month, um, we've got Bewitched coming to our town and then McFly coming to our town. So looking forward to that. Uh,
0: I mean, enjoy. Thank
1: enjoy. Uh,
0: it's And this, this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast in the first place is because a lot of things that we grew up with are either coming back or they never went away and Bewitched and McFly are just two of those things one of them came back and one of them really never went away it's been marvelous to um to talk to you for all this time hopefully we should do it again please do keep in contact
1: will do thank you very much for all your time it's been great thank you
0: no that's that's absolutely fine and thank you for sharing your experience and coming up with that that SNES story I mean I'm so glad we got that
1: I honestly thought I told you but I guess not but uh, it was um, a great fact to leave you with I guess
0: it's one I should be thinking about because I am a I'm a Nintendo kid and that's really cool (laughs) thank you That's really cool. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Hayley.
1: You're welcome. Thanks again for having me. Take care. Thanks, Jamie.